Now that Christmas is almost over and a lot of our activities are, are past, what people often do is look back and, and make some reflections on the season. You know, did I do the things I wanted to do? How was Christmas this year? In fact, we're kind of prompted to do that when we see people because they may say to us, you know, well, how was your Christmas? Or what did you do for Christmas? Did you do anything special? Did you go anywhere? Or then the old standby, well, what did you get for Christmas? <laughs> well, all of those uh, questions and at this time uh, just cause us to make some reflections on Christmas. Well, let's not miss the opportunity for us to make some reflections spiritually as well. We can do that this morning as we listen to a heartwarming story of an elderly man who celebrated not only his very first Christmas, but the very first Christmas. The Gospel writer Luke tells us about this man named Simeon who met the child Jesus and his parents. As we listen to Luke's words about him and and Simeon's own words, then that'll cause us to make some Christmas reflections for ourselves. So let's listen to Luke's, Luke's account. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. A heartwarming story. And at Christmas time, we hear a lot of different stories. You know, there's so many of them that are on TV during those weeks before Christmas. I think my kids watch most of them. But there is one that probably stands out as a favorite of most people. One, in fact, that's over 100 years old, and that's that story by Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. You probably know it, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, that stingy, miserly, uncaring man and how he is visited by three Christmas ghosts or spirits who cause him to look at how he celebrated Christmas and then to make an evaluation of himself. Well, as we look at this heartwarming story, we can do the same. We can make some reflections about Christmas and and evaluate ourselves as well. Let's start by looking back at Christmas past. Now maybe when it's Christmas time, you have certain childhood memories that you hold on to, and, and maybe you try to do some of those same things then in your Christmas celebrations. Or maybe there are some family traditions that you like to carry on. Maybe you've started some of your own things. Maybe there's particular events that you like to do. There are things that, that we do that we like to have done in Christmas as we think back because those things were special to us. 
they, they brought us something, whether it was the, the good cheer or uh, the, the nice friendship of family and friends or, or maybe just the good food and, and the good music. Well, let's take a look at how Simeon celebrated his Christmas past. Now, when I say that, you might think, now, wait a minute, how could he celebrate Christmas past? That was the very first Christmas. Oh, but he did. Let's just take a look at it again, and then we'll see how we can celebrate Christmas. Simeon was righteous and devout. Words that the scriptures use to, dis- to describe a believer, a person who believed in his right standing with God because of what God would do for him. And it tells us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is, he was looking forward to God fulfilling that promise to send him comfort that would come through a Savior. And in fact, the Lord said he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So his way of celebrating Christmas was looking forward to see Jesus and looking for consolation. And so we can ask ourselves, is is that what I was looking for in my Christmas past? Was I looking for Jesus? Was I looking for consolation? That is, comfort and reassurance. You know, we, we celebrate Christmas in the particular ways that we do it because there's something we want out of Christmas. And, and we do the things that we do because we hope to get it. But look what happens then as soon as we turn the calendar page. We put all the things away and now Christmas is gone. We, we enjoyed Christmas because it, it is a good time. It, it brings joy to us and there's a lot of you know, fun things to do. And well, it kind of provides a distraction really, right? from the humdrum routine of regular life. It gives us some encouragement and good cheer when, when maybe we're dealing with a lot of toil and, and challenges and troubles. And that becomes kind of obvious that that's what we're looking for because as soon as one holiday, like Christmas, is done, we jump to something else to celebrate. So now this week we want to celebrate the fact there's going to be a new year. But it really didn't change anything. And then when the new year is done, we look for something else to give us some joy and excitement. So we'll watch the football championship games and have Super Bowl Sunday. And after that, then I will fall in love with somebody and celebrate it in Valentine's Day. And the list will just go on and on, right? There's a whole host of activities that we have designed to, to keep us in good spirits throughout the year. Why? Because we're tired of the humdrum routine. And just get weighed down with the toils and the challenges and those troubles that come. But really the problem runs deeper than that. And those holidays and things really can't solve all those problems. The problem is more of a a spiritual problem. Yeah, we we have the, the humdrum routine, the toil, the trouble, the challenges. Why? And how can we deal with them so that we're not just taking something out of a box and putting it up and then putting it away and finding something else? You see, we know that we really can't fix life. 
We know that the leaders in Washington, D.C. can't fix the troubles. Who can? God. God can fix it. And God can fix us, because that's really where it all starts. We need to be fixed. Because we have separated ourselves from God. With our sin, with our disobedience to Him, we've pushed Him aside. We've gone our own way. And that has brought trouble. But the good news is that there is consolation. Simeon knew that, and that's what he was waiting for. He knew in this baby there was his consolation because this was God. Emmanuel, the prophet said, God with us. Here was God who had come into this world to experience our life so that he could sympathize with us and be there to help us. Here who was God who had come into this world to live life for us, to go through all those troubles that we go through and even the temptations, but never once to sin so that there is somebody who's had a perfect life of obedience and God would give that obedience, that righteousness to us through faith. Now, is that how you celebrated your Christmas past? Uh, you can look at the way you celebrate Christmas and, and you might think, well, you know, some of the joy and, and things that I like to experience, I, I just didn't have it this year. I just didn't feel it. You know, maybe time ran out or I got too busy. I was distracted with other things. And I didn't do those things that, that I really like to do. Well, the same can happen spiritually, too. Let me ask you. We just finished celebrating Christmas. Do you still have Christmas joy and and hope like you had a, a few days ago? Or, or have things changed now? You see, maybe the real problem is that we weren't really waiting for Jesus, or as I like to say, waiting on Him. That is, trusting in Him. Listen how the prophet Jeremiah, when he was experiencing the oppression of Israel, listen to how he expressed waiting on God. From Lamentations chapter 3. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. That is, my possession, my inheritance. This is what I have. Therefore, I will wait for or wait on him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. And so it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. If your Christmas is filled with, with waiting on God, looking to Him for that comfort, that consolation, that reassurance, then you can look at your Christmas in your whole life and say, it is hopeful. Even though Christmas is winding down, the, the, the joy, the hope, the confidence that we have from it, that God is with us and will not abandon us, that can continue no matter what we experience. For God has come to save us and to give us life. So my encouragement for you now in these days after Christmas is keep on waiting. Keep on waiting for or on, that is trusting Jesus. And I may wonder, well, how do I do that? You know, if the Christmas stuff is going away, Jesus still comes to us in his word and in the sacraments. Go there 
and you will have that same confidence and joy that you had this past week or so in celebrating Christmas. But understand this, we can't do it by ourselves. We need help. You know, Simeon experienced a lot of difficulties in life. He was an elderly man, and, and he experienced probably things that older people experience, you know, the aches and pains and the slowness. I don't know what that's like because I'm not old yet. But, uh, but he probably experienced some of those things. And then there was all the stuff going on around him, too. The Romans came in and took over the country and were oppressing people. But he waited on God for his reassurance. Now, how did he do that? We are told the Spirit was on him. That Spirit can be on and in us, too. We just need to pray that God would give us his Spirit. It's a prayer God would love to answer. And you know how the Spirit comes to you in the Word and in the sacraments. Go there and you'll get that strength and, you, and the guidance you need for that Christmas joy and, and hope to just continue on through the year. All right, so that's our reflection on Christmas past. Let's carry it forward now to Christmas present and ask ourselves, how do I celebrate? Now, Christmas isn't over yet. At least it's not over for me, right? We still have the beautiful decorations. We sing those beautiful Christmas songs. Now, I know if you go into the stores, Christmas is done, right? You don't see stuff around unless the stuff they want to get rid of at half price. I noticed the other day when I went to Home Depot, a week before Christmas, they had already reduced all their Christmas stuff to one shelf, and all the shelves that had Christmas stuff on before now were filled with rodent products, you know. <laughs> Christmas was replaced by rat poison. <laughs> Christmas continues. Christmas continues. Let's see how Simeon celebrated Christmas in the moment. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. We can celebrate Christmas like Simeon by just seeing and holding that Christ child that is in our hearts. Simeon believed that this baby was God. This baby was his Savior. He believed in the promises of God, that he would send a Savior who would take away the sins of the world, that would take away his own sins because he knew there was nothing he could do to be right with God. There was nothing he could do to remove his sins. He trusted that this Savior would bring him life. And that's why he said, you can dismiss me now in peace. He was ready to die because he knew he would live. Do you see Jesus and your salvation? One of the things we probably will see in the next few days is a credit card bill, right? <laughs> and see all the Christmas spending that we did when we got in the spirit and kept swiping the card, right? And then the statement will come and we'll go, oh my, look how much we spent. And then we'll have to think, how am I going to pay that off? <laughs> well, you're not alone, right? 
because a lot of people will be in that same situation. In fact, if you watch some of the news broadcasts, they will talk to financial advisors and have them give you some tips now on how to get your finances back in line after all that spending. Well, I've got some good news for you. Christmas does not put you in debt. Christmas pays your debt with God. You see, Mary and Joseph went into that temple with the baby Jesus to do what it said the custom of the law required, that it was they were to have their child circumcised. He was to receive that sign that he was a member of God's family. Already as a baby, Jesus was obeying the law for us. At that time, they would also officially name their child. They gave him the name the angel told Joseph to give him, Jesus. And the reason why? Because he would be the Savior. He would save his people from their sins. And Simeon knew that. That's why he praised God. He saw in that baby the Messiah. Here was God himself who came into the world to save us. In this baby, he saw the lamb that God would give as the sacrifice to pay for his sins and the sins of everybody. Simeon remembered the words of Isaiah, how this Messiah would be rejected and scorned by his people, and how he would suffer. How the punishment for our iniquity, that is our guilt, would be put on him, and yet through his suffering, you and I would be healed and have peace. Now you might say, now pastor, how do you know Simeon knew all that? Well, it just said he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, that comfort. He was waiting for the Messiah to come. And then these words that he spoke to Mary, after what we just read, also tell us that. It says, Simeon then blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. You see, he was saying what Isaiah said. He would be scorned and rejected by man so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He was referring to the sorrow the anguish that Mary would feel when she saw her son, God's son, innocent son, being crucified and taking on himself the wrath of God for all of our sins. That's how Simeon celebrated the moment, Christmas present. He saw his salvation in Jesus. Is that what you see? Now, because of all the stuff that we like to do at Christmas time, it's real easy for us to get tangled in the tinsel and to have lost that focus of what Christmas really is. Now, maybe you'll say, well, I knew that, Pastor. And I was here to celebrate Christmas. Good. Do you feel that same way today? Do you feel that same joy, have that same confidence that you have a Savior, Jesus All you need to do is to keep holding him and seeing him in your heart like Simeon did. And then when you do that, your life will be full of peace 
Because like Simeon, you will know that you have God's love. And you have a Savior who has made you right with God. And because you are right with God, there is nothing that will not be met by your God. Like the Apostle Paul said, God who did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him freely give us all things? Paul also said, and nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And that's what gives us that peace then, to know that we're right with God because of Jesus, and I'll have that peace all the time. So as we move away from Christmas, let's take Christmas with us. Let's keep holding and seeing Jesus in our heart. Now, how do you do that? (laughs) Do what the scriptures tell you to do. Do what Simeon did. Go to the temple, and there you will see Jesus. You will see Jesus yet today in his word and in the sacraments. Go to the temple and worship God and be filled with his spirit and have that peace. That's where Jesus says he comes to meet us in his word and sacraments. And there we are given peace. Now, one of the things that we do when we're leaving people, we say goodbye. Did you know that goodbye is actually a shortened form of the phrase, God be with ye? So it's really a, a, a little prayer, a little blessing that you give people. Now, we don't often think of that because it doesn't sound like that. And we're certainly not going to go around saying, God be with ye, because they'll think you talk kind of funny. But now that you know what it is, when you say goodbye, in your heart, know that you mean you're praying a blessing for those people. Or when somebody else says it to you, you know what it means for you that God is with you. And you can have peace all the time. Well, let's talk about Christmas reflections for the future. How do you celebrate those things? Well, Things that we've enjoyed in the past and in the present, we like to continue to do. So there will be certain activities, certain traditions that we will want to carry forward. Well, let's look how Simeon celebrated Christmas in the future. After he prayed, you can dismiss me now in peace, he said that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He's looking ahead. He's looking forward to being with Jesus forever. He was looking forward to that glorification that God would give him in heaven one day. Like Abraham, Simeon viewed his life here as simply a journey. Abraham and Simeon viewed heaven as their permanent home. That's what they were looking forward to. You know, it's so easy for us to to fall in love with life here and all the things that we have. But this isn't it. God has got glory for us, eternal glory and life in heaven. And that's where we need to keep our focus. That's how we celebrate Christmas in the future, looking forward to heaven. But I don't want to make it sound like it's just, oh, you've got to think about when you're going to die. We can have Christmas forward in this life, too. And I don't just mean for a few more days. I mean for every day of our life. Because if Christmas means Emmanuel, God with us, 
then we are reminded that Jesus promised, I will be with you always. And so he is. We can walk with God always because his grace is there with us always. And as we are walking with God, let us be reminded that he is a revelation to the Gentiles. That is, to the unbelievers, to those who don't know him yet. And while we walk with God, let us also speak about God to others. Let us, let them see the light of God's grace in Jesus. And so we can already begin to evaluate what our Christmas future will be like. If you find yourself kind of stressed out at Christmas because you get so busy with things, be reminded that it's not just stress, but your life could also be filled with a lot of dread. That is, if you and others don't see in this child Jesus your salvation, then you have nothing but an empty celebration. So look forward and be filled with joy, knowing nothing can take away the certainty of God's work of salvation and his presence in your life today. My friends, Christmas isn't over. It continues. Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. And we don't have to wait till next year to celebrate it. We can keep celebrating it every time we come into God's temple and worship. Every time we meet Jesus in the Word. And we can bring that message and joy to others in our fellowship as we encourage each other in our walk with God and as we share with each other the comfort and encouragement we need. Also, as we proclaim to our community, Jesus is the light, the Savior of the world. And in that way, we can take our Christmas reflections and make them reactions, actions to keep the Christmas hope, peace, and joy alive. Amen.